Well, welcome to The Window, a podcast about dining in the South and beyond. I'm Robert Moss, the author of Barbecue, the History of an American Institution. I'm Hannah Raskin, food editor at The Post and Courier. Today's episode is the Rules and Norms edition of The Window, since we're talking about food and communities and how you get along with each other and the proper behavior and etiquette and, and all that, uh, including if you're on the go and you need to grab a bite to eat and you're on the subway or an airplane, what, what are sort of the, the rules that should, should surround that? And then if you're reading with a group of people, you know, what's the dynamics there, particularly when it comes to the check and how do you split that, maybe say maybe technology can save us. Maybe maybe it can point us in the direction, or maybe not. We'll 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 dive into that. And then finally, what about food and communities in the terms of deciding what food belongs in a particular community and what doesn't? Uh, there's been an interesting zoning issue uh, up up north in, in Boston that we're going to, or in Cambridge that we'll talk about and sort of see where that that goes in terms of parsing out what food belongs and, and what food doesn't. So first up. Uh, Hannah, I think this one came up uh, with the question of etiquette, on, particularly on the subway initially, which then got us going on other forms of transport. But particularly, what what is and is not uh, you know polite to eat in enclosed surroundings? Let's say surrounded by strangers and people who may not necessarily be sharing that meal with you. Right, and I think there's a question even for you yourself. It really, should you be eating in a in a subway? Yes. Um, this came up in in light of all the debates about the New York subway system right now, which is in dire straits. And there have been questions both. Um, how, as passengers, are we contributing to that um, in terms of, like, leaving litter and yep. and just thinking about what role the subway plays in our lives? Um, it, perhaps none if you don't live in New York. But <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, uh, certainly in most of the South, at least, the subway is not South, a big uh, Yeah, factor, no, I mean, but, MARTA is a, is a pretty uh, impressive system in Atlanta. But beyond that, you're probably not – and it's not to, a subway. Mm, no, well, it, it goes, goes, uh, there really? goes underground a few places. You, you yeah. get from the airport. It, I think it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, you're very spoiled. You've lived yeah. in some very nice places. <laughs> I think it's great that you can get from the airport to where you want to go. Um, but I can speak about any kind of public transportation, so we don't need to limit it to the subway. But it, it, the question was that came up, is a subway, is, are you indoors or are you outdoors? And if you are eating, can you eat food there, for one thing? Yep. Or is it like, I mean, there are spaces that we know you wouldn't just walk in eating food. Now I'm trying to think what they are. We kind like of the public food library. Everywhere. You're not you're not going to carry a big old pizza into the, the the library and sit down and eat that. They'll throw you out, um, or at least they'll make you take it, take right. it out somewhere somewhere else. Um, yeah, it, it maybe increasingly that maybe the the, the lines blurring. It, it you know? really, I think actually the line is blurring. I'm glad now that we've talked about this because <laughs> I've always I always watch. You know, I'll be with friends and and they'll still have their coffee or whatever, and they'll just like walk right into the clothing store. Yeah, and yeah, I'm that's like, actually oh, that's whoa. one that my wife and I <laughs> yeah. uh, early on in, in our, our, our I was just grown up drummed into me. You cannot take you a cannot drink take into a, drink a store. store, right? I mean, and so I always leave it at the corner yeah. of the store, like you leave it outside, kind of you know, and, hide yeah, in the yeah, place. So we were first, you know, dating or yeah. we first married. We'd be, you know, yeah. I mean, she, oh, you can't quit. You still have a drink. She, what are you crazy? And she'd walk right <laughs> yeah. in, and, and no one threw us out. I always think the clerk's yeah. going to come and get me. No, yeah, apparently but, it's fine. Apparently but, that's okay yeah. these days. But I don't think you could bring it. I don't. I don't know. I haven't tried it. I mean, could I bring in like a stuffed baked potato? Can I do that? It seems like if you're surrounded by clothing <laughs> and all that kind of stuff with a do you big think cheesy plate of nachos. <laughs> or like that. Do you just, think it's because since we were younger, clothes it become so much cheaper that there's just sort of like whatever uh, possibly or it could just be you know picking up on last last week's theme <laughs> just, yeah, the, the, the general decline of western civilization but um but no, I, th- I do think there that there is less separation now between sort of public and private space 
Um, people tend to, you know, people don't dress up anymore to get on an airplane, which is, uh, which they definitely uh, did, uh, and not not just back in the fifties, but even as as recently as ten or fifteen years ago, um, it it was considered a little bit more of a you're going out in public and therefore you're going to dress for people to look at you as opposed to I'm going to wear what's ever comfortable and my slippers and my jammy bottoms that matter because right. I'm getting on a plane I'm going to sleep in it. We all yeah. live in public. Now it's I, interesting this raises actually another etiquette debate about where you can take your food. Um, also this has a between my husband and me. <laughs> um, so we were in a little town in Ohio and wanted to get some fried fish. It's takeout only place and it was 10 degrees. It was so cold. And we have our fried fish. So I said to my husband, let's take it into that bar. And he said, you can't bring food from another restaurant into a bar. I said, as long as we're ordering drinks, I think it's totally fine. They're going to understand this is one of the best fried fish places in Northeast Ohio. I think they'll be okay. And what happened? My husband wouldn't even go inside. Oh, so you <laughs> I went in, and they said, "Fine." And I know what beer goes really well with that. But it's it is. I, I I do feel like that one was at the the edge. Probably it felt right to me at the time. But I do think I'm just trying to think of where can you not take food, and probably into like a competitor's workspace. That's, yeah, that can be a little bit problematic sometimes. Like if your people, different people, or you know, somebody wants to. Right. Bring their own sandwich, but they want to go in with you. But yeah, by and large, bringing bringing food into somebody else's restaurant is bad. Is, is bad form. So even that's to, typically, even I think, where we want to draw the line. Yeah. And that and church and church. Just, yeah, uh, I don't know. Some of the newer churches right. they have they have their own coffee bars inside of them it's and true. climbing walls. I have no idea, but I would not be surprised if there are people sitting there. Uh, in their flip flops, <laughs> drinking a latte in the pews, but certainly the churches that uh, you know, my my father's a Presbyterian minister. Yep. That even today, you don't you don't take a pizza into a Presbyterian church sanctuary, at least not uh, not this year. <laughs> I imagine it's only a matter of time, right? So of course, that's you know, throwback to the uh, the colonial era. People used to drink in church, right? Uh, yeah, and bring rum in and and just guzzle in the in the pews. Well, so, I just feel like you know, if you're sitting down in a relatively warm place, I mean, that was well, probably rare enough yeah, in the 1700s. Why not? Yeah, have a roof, yeah, have a roof. <laughs> you're warm and dry. Have a drink. You're, you're, you're dying of you know, yeah. <laughs> cholera anyway. You <laughs> right. might as well enjoy yeah. enjoy church, right? Um, yeah, but let's get back to the the question of enclosed spaces because right. I think you ask a really good question, which is: Is the subway inside? or outside. You know, it's, I'm sure you're familiar with I just want to back up, but there was this debate about when they first introduced elevators. Are you indoors or outdoors? Because the question was, do you take off your hat? Ah. And so it was a real etiquette question is what, you know, what do you do? Am I inside? Am I outside? Um, and I think they did finally decide an elevator was inside. I was a, I think you took off your hat. I'm trying to remember what they do in Mad Men. I think they wore their hats. I think you could wear it. Well, it used to be that like you could wear, you'd wear a hat driving a car because right. that was inside a car is inside. Right. You're, right. Right. And or is I'm sorry, inside car is outside. Outside. You're sort of in public in right. your hat. You're not in a in interior space. Right. So I guess they sort of said a so maybe that's like maybe an elevator is like a car and it would I mean on. you do an elevator you do say that's an elevator a car that etiquette is not very well appreciated. <laughs> no, these <I'm> not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I don't know. So the subway is it indoor? Is it outdoor? Um, is it? I, I, it's indoor. I think it's indoor. In my mind. And and I analogize it to airplanes, which are definitely indoors. And I've. For sure. You can't I, get out. Yeah. I mean, you I can't. think that You're seems trapped. to be the definition. And that's actually where I think where we. we if you get into the rules and the this and that and the other, you, you sort of get away from the fundamental principle, which is you're supposed to think about the people around you. And I fly out an awful lot. And I understand that, you know, hey, you're, 
tight connection. You're, you, you don't have time to grab a meal. They don't serve meals in airplanes anymore. Right. You probably need to grab something. But when you do, you should probably think a little bit about what you're bringing on board an airplane. Um, anything fried, for instance, deep fried is... Um, as soon as you open that styrofoam box, it's not just your seatmate, it's people, you know, the eight yeah. rows around you are going to smell whatever it is you're smelling. And what smells really good in the wide open right. food court-like space of the airport smells just just cloying and just hangs in that little tight airport. If you turn a little vent on, which I will do often to get a little air going, I gotta say that I think the su subway is the same thing. A city bus would be the same thing. Um, has this come up? I don't ever with Ubers, with the now the Uber, the uh, ride sharing Ubers. Oh, um, I mean, that's a good question. I assume it's up to the driver if yeah. they want to allow it. I would um, never think about bringing that's a very rude because meatball not only sandwich is that, into an Uber. No, an Uber is not only indoors, it's someone else's indoors. I mean, it's like, it's, I know we said for hat purposes, it's yes. outdoors. <laughs> I think of the Uber, that's someone's workplace and their home in many ways. Yeah, no way am I eating an Uber. No, well, no. I would be surprised, though, if there are plenty oh, of I'm sure pizzas, that, if people are I'm sure people take their Uber in, through in the drive-thru and buy something for yep. the driver. I'm sure that happens. <laughs> One of my friends drives for Uber. He told me that um, last week a guy got out of his car at a red light to induce vomiting. Like, because he was really drunk and concerned about how many calories he had drunk. Like, What? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Wait, I thought, I thought you were saying that he was trying not to puke in the car. Yeah. He, he was more He, he like about got out of the car to purge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what? at a red light. This guy yep. has... has at least three or four problems. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, absolutely, yeah. Oh my God. This, so yeah, it was, this was an upsetting story. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it did. Well, I guess at least he got out of the car. You, right, yeah. you exactly. Can, you can start with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just setting the baseline of like what people do in Ubers. This oh, is, people do all sorts yeah. of things Yes, in Ubers, uh, unfortunately. Know. Well, I do think, though, on the subway, if, if you are going to eat, it's do you probably think, okay, do you but feel, think about what you're eating. Don't eat something like super crunchy and crisp. That's another thing on airplanes that gets me. If people get on with their um, their carrot and celery little crudite platter. Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, right. you're literally, your your mouth is 18 inches from my ear. Right. Please. Right. Uh, could you have just gotten a nice ham sandwich or something that, that would not have uh, either smelled or, or been very loud? So I got yelled at in the uh, Taipei Metro for whole, having a bottle of water. Um, like that's how strict they are. Wow. Uh, a closed bottle of water, yep. by the way. Like mm -hmm. just and you weren't drinking it. Oh, no. actually, just carrying it. I've gotten yelled at on the Charleston bus for having an empty bottle mm -hmm. of water. And so I, I said, I was like, you don't even have trash cans at your bus stop. Where mm -hmm. am I supposed to put it? Yeah, yeah buses are very strict. Oh, about really? This. They, they, they don't. Oh, no, no, no yeah. water at all. No, no, nothing, nothing. No mm. food. No, no drink. Nothing. It would be interesting to to survey around, like at least the country or the world, like what the different policies are, because I know New York is. They've got a very loosey goosey policy about like what you can eat or drink on the on the subway. I don't know that there are any rules. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've but never really I, tried because it would never really be convenient to eat on the subway. It's not like they have. And the subway, frankly, in New York is not really something that it's, builds it's the appetite. Hot, you know? or it's else hot, it's like it's, it's you're crowded. The smell isn't great. Yeah. I mean, it's like and so it's just I can't think of many situations where you would get a, like a takeout bag and like just bring it down on the subway yeah. with you. It, it just, I mean, you'd have to literally be 
in dashing. I can't imagine what, why you would not have enough time to right. wolf down your hot dog, or whatever it is, right. on the street. Whereas the trains are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Those operate more like trains where you can buy drinks on your way on or any kind well, of Well, and then if you've ever ridden the metro in D.C., there's there are like signs everywhere, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of them actually throwing shade at New York because they <laughs> prohibit you from, from right. eating and drinking. And, right. You know, there's like signs that say like, "Oh, this is why we don't have giant rats." In <laughs> right, our right, right. That's what they say. <laughs> all about the I, I've ridden the metro d- 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 multiple times. Yeah. I, many times I, I have not noticed. That I'm sign not seeing the shade throwing yeah. signs. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need to check those out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, well, I approve of any any city throwing shade on other cities. Yeah. is worth it to me. I don't actually know what the MARTA policy is. I if there is one, I think they pretty much let anything go yeah. there. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know goes well i do think subways airplanes these are indoors you're you're close to people if you're going to eat at least pick something that uh isn't going to offend everyone around you think about with the the effect on your your poor fellow passengers are just trying to get wherever it is they're going without rats and they may be hungry too (laughs) okay so that's uh eating around people but what about eating with people there's (laughs) the any any number of of rules involved in that actually i have an old uh Emily Post guide to etiquette from the 1950s, which is just priceless for the, the restaurant section. You know, you can get the hours of entertainment reading all the rules that uh, just no longer seem to apply. But Sounds we, like creeping Sharia to me, Robert. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm putting that out there. <laughs> you mean just just rules in general? Just rules? Or just yeah. no, well, no, I mean, like, listening to y'all's whole discussion about hats and when you can wear hats and not, like, that sounds very... Well, we've gotten past that. We have, <laughs> we're, 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 we're not telling you no, when to wear a hat. There will be there will be hat etiquette coming back. Trust me. When, I'm uh, sure. When, when we bring back Emily Post, but um, but one thing, one one issue that has not gone away is uh, what do you do when the check comes and you're dining in a group? Now, if you're one family and you have one bank account, it's obvious you, just, you know one person pays it. But unless you want to pick up the tab for eight of your dearest <laughs> friends, uh, splitting a check is always uh, always. Uh, 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 complicated. It was complicated back when in my, in my waiting tables days, and it was always just oh, it was boy. much more. It complicated. was miserable. Yeah. You'd have that that group of twelve people, you know, eat lunch or whatever. Check would come, and then no one would ever say just split it twelve ways. As always, you know, you have to go ring up each individual person, and everybody would get their you know certain certain types of not everyone, but certain types of customers would. You'll get out their bill and their calculator and go through it, right. and you uh, could take twenty five minutes just to get them out the out the right. door. Um, but there's always technology to 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 rescue. I think what what prompted this one is was more questions about bill splitting and apps and sort of the the, the etiquette of that because there are new new things we have to take into account with mobile devices and things like that. Uh, and, and Hannah, I know this was one that sort of came your way. How did how did this question sort of well, this came up the idea that now that it's so easy to to send each other money and to say, you know, you owe this much and you owe that much, that you can, in fact, do exactly that. And so this this line of complaints surfaced, which was, well, wait a second. If we're willing to share a table, we should be willing to share a bill. And this idea that it was sort of – it's sort of the socialist notion that – it doesn't matter really what you ordered. You should have to pay one-sixth of the yep. bill. And it's just stingy and anti-restaurant going um, entirely to say, I will pay for what I ate. Is this one of these things like sort of pulp in the orange juice or no pulp in the orange <laughs> juice where you're either on one side <laughs> of it or the other? Yeah. Because so certainly my my take is if I go out with friends, unless it's just something ridiculous like, you know, 
somebody's not drinking at all and the rest of the table is drinking all, you know, expensive bottles of wine. But if you're all relatively eating the same amount, it's a split it, you know, make it, don't worry about, you know, your appetizer was $7 and this person's was nine. Okay. Who really cares? Right. And I think like we've all come across the guy who's a total jerk and realizes that's where the meal is going, you know, and so he says, you know, all oh, that bottle of wine for myself, you know, and it made this, the order just gets, you know, spirals yeah. out of control. I feel like we've all been at that table at one point. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I feel like I I guess I agree with it. And it's funny, I can't remember where I read this because maybe I just made it up. Like I, I believe in this theory that like, yes, if you everyone should should pay an equal share. Yeah, just pay pay an equal share. It's and you know, I, from a service perspective, I think it's pretty easy to split it four ways and it's, run the card. I mean, you have to run a card four times or six times or whatever it is. But, right. It, it's, you know, it's nowadays with the systems that they have in place, it's easy to do it either way. Yeah. Typically now they do enter it in by seat anyway. So it's very easy just to drag and drop, you know, seat one, seat two, seat three, whatever. Um, it, it's not hard to split a check. Um, it is, as you say, you have to run the card multiple times and some people pay in cash and some people pay in credit cards. And so you will still encounter many, many restaurant menus that say we will not split checks for more than however many people. Which just makes sense as well, because if you have 20 people now, now you're getting crazy right, uh, right. You know, to, to divide that all up. Um, and then that gets you, but there are ways that you can solve all that, which you could have one person pay for it, mm-hmm. and now all their friends send them money with something like Venmo, which right. is a transaction tool where you can just send. Uh, right, but I guess that's what they're saying cash. is that now that they're they're not sending an equal share, that's the problem because they're like, I don't know why there's a difference, but yeah, there seems to have. I'll admit I've not. Uh, I don't. I guess I just don't go out that often with large groups of people right. like I used to. Yep. Um, and so of something like a Venmo is never really uh, not something that doesn't solve a problem I, I've got. But I have a lot of friends who use it. Yep. And I, you know, it, I think it's no matter what happens, human beings are going to be able to offend each other yeah. some way or another. But I think what a lot of then people get into the, OK, now it's so easy for me to ding you for everything. I'll get the coffee and then right. I'll just, you know. Ding you. There is like a whole like etiquette thing out there where, okay, if you're going to do that, do you have to have an agreement ahead of time uh, to, you know, to, to split it up? And people are getting all angry because somebody is dinging them for dollar seventeen because they got the check out and they went through it and, and all that kind of, kind of thing. So the, the technology in that case can just create for new, you know, entirely new <laughs> ethical mm-hmm. dilemmas or et- etiquette dilemmas for people. I guess the lesson here you know, get down to it, just like on a, a subway and airplane, be conscious of the people around you. And I, th- I think on this one, don't be cheap. Don't right. be a cheapskate. Right. Nobody, nobody likes that. Uh, no. Is it really worth the 75 cents you saved and the 17 minutes it took to tally up the bill? Right. Eh, maybe just uh, either split it or you get it this time and I'll get it next yeah. time. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that just seems a much more sociable For way sure. to do it. All right. Well, speaking of sociability and welcoming and community and all that, uh, Hannah, you you, uh, you raised my attention to a story I didn't know about. This is uh, I've just been in multiple places. I saw it at the, Balt- uh, the Boston Globe, which is up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Apparently, there is such a thing as too much pizza. <laughs> uh, and I had to laugh about this. Um, apparently, Harvard Square in Cambridge, when uh, it's been there, it's this great sort of iconic uh, – Roads coming in from all angles, I guess. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really interesting place. But there's like, you know, there's restaurants, there's bars, there's bookstores, there's all kinds of stuff. Apparently a lot of bank branches uh, <laughs> appearing there as well. Uh, there is a Cambridge Board of Zoning um, that you apparently have to apply to if you want to open a business in, in Harvard Square. Uh, a, a D.C.-based pizza chain called, I assume, At Pizza, uh, which we'll talk about that name in a, in a second. Or, sorry, And Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh 
and, and pizza, applied uh, to open a pizza joint in Harvard Square and got turned down because apparently there are already five uh, similar pizza joints uh, in the area. The, the board said it doesn't fill a need, which the statute said that they can turn down establishments that don't fill a need. And also there would cause a change in the established neighborhood character, which to me is sort of crazy. Right. <laughs> and that was the interesting thing too, is that, I mean, they're implying that they're like the pizza tipping point, you yes. know I mean? That, that now it's okay. We have five pizzerias, but the six pizzerias. Six pizzeria, that's just, it, we've got it, way it, too much pizza. It, which is, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, McCain's deciding vote or whatever. Like they're all pizzerias. I don't really know yeah. why the six pizza <laughs> is, is the problem. They're all six are a problem, but the six, the and pizza, I mean, really that the name is and pizza. Like it yeah. just, it just really yeah, drives home the point that it, we're just and it's more pizza. I want to pause a second <laughs> on the name of this company because it it took me a second as I was reading the article to realize that I had read the name of the company and not recognized it because mm-hmm. the the name is literally ampersand, ampersand pizza all and pizza's all lowercase so there's no capital and I I assume you say and pizza but it looked to me almost like an HTML error in, in the in the text or yeah. somebody left a little and symbol in there. It's, oh, wait a second. That's the name of the, of the pizza. Got to not... encode your entities. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's an interesting idea. I, you know, I, 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 I am sympathetic to um, a certain hostility to, you know, homogeneity. That's, yeah. I, I understand you, you want something else. But, I mean, it's a really interesting case. I, I don't know that you can rule against menu items. Well, and that's what – and <laughs> the the chairman of the Board of Zoning uh, has gotten, I think, a lot of grief He's from that, people. Yeah. Apparently, he said during the hearing, uh, a pizza is a pizza is a pizza. Mm-hmm. So not really a connoisseur of pizza. He wasn't like saying that we don't need another – you know, <laughs> this pizza's not up to snuff. Right. But it does sort of – you now have this small committee – uh, who's deciding deciding um, you know, what comes and goes, which is really problematic. I thought that even this one case sort of played it out because apparently Ann Pizza really wants to open up in Harvard Square. They they went through hoops to try to get it, and there's uh, I guess all this you know these groups sort of weigh in like any time you get involved I, in zoning. Okay, but I they, think okay they they don't know anything about pizza. We or we yeah. assume they don't know anything about pizza, but I don't think they're entirely wrong in what they're saying in that you know if we're going to regulate the colors of buildings. It does seem to me that what every restaurant serves has as much bearing on the character of the neighborhood as the color of the building. I mean, I think if we're going to get into paint, why not get into pizza? Well, yes. But is it what, – what are we protecting Harvard Square from? Is, is Harvard Square suddenly going to be all pizza joints and, I, I mean, and there's no place to get tacos? I mean, I don't know what the uh, – what, yeah, the, what the, the logic I, is. I, I th- what I thought was interesting was Ann Pizza in their their efforts to uh, please all the constituents who are complaining. Um, this is quote in the article. One group wanted them to open earlier, so Ann Pizza added breakfast. People asked for late night hours, so Ann Pizza agreed to stay open until two a.m. Zoning board members worried about delivery traffic, so Ann Pizza agreed not to deliver. So basically, you could design a restaurant by a committee this way. It's going to you know what's what's it going to end up being. I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, yes, it, it, maybe it's not up to them to make room for tacos, but I do think it is. It, if what we're protecting by saying a building can be this size or a building can be that, size, I mean, what you're protecting. Our community standards, and I think maybe there is such a thing as a community that has too much pizza in it. If nothing else, you'd have a lot of fat people there, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it has it has something to do with the community, what they eat. We, we of course, we both believe that. I know we do, yeah. right? So, I, and but then it's interesting too if you can regulate what they can.
can't serve, can you regulate what they do serve? I mean, could we in Charleston say you have to have shrimp and grits on the Well, menu? that would be sort of Did the flip side because certainly, at least in certain <laughs> neighborhoods in Charleston, the colors of the houses we're, that's are, what, are I mean, regulated. We're, we're, so uh, I'll need to see the shrimp and grits on your menu, please, <laughs> if you'd like to open in our historical uh, downtown restaurant. Exactly. I mean, it, why not? What are we protecting? If we're protecting architecture, if we're protecting the community spirit, if we're protecting tradition, I mean, why not say, okay, just, you know, you have to use a cup of Benny seed every day. <laughs> do it however you want to, but that's, you know, I mean, it could be as regimented as all these paint and size and door shapes and window types are regulated. I see you're not sold on the I, idea. I, well, I think just... I do want to point out this is a pizza joints next to a university. <laughs> is, you know, he probably does belong you know, there. Probably, yeah. you know, if anything belongs there, right. it's, it's it's probably pizza joints. Right, in, um, in an Italian area. Like, yes. I mean, I'm not speaking the Cambridge specifically, but it's I mean, not I know crazy. it's a DC-based yes. pizza right. chain. It's, it's, it's I, I get it. I don't want to yeah, smooth over up. all the nuance, but I, it's not. I, I mean, there are things that could be a tougher. So, like if they were all poke shops, that's a little bit harder, right? Uh, oh, please. Like, I, we do not need five poke shops. <laughs> See, if you were in the zoning committee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would yeah. definitely turn that, turn that down. Yeah. It, what it, what got me thinking, though, is like, you know, getting into what more back to, to what, where you're going, which is determining the, the character of a neighborhood. Right. A character. Here in Charleston, we're currently dealing with the – Never, seemingly never-ending number of hotels that people are opening up. Every single uh, building is getting that gets torn down or gets sold. We find out they're going to be replaced by a hotel. Yep. Um, now, you think at some point the market will shake out and, and it, they won't be able to rent all these hotel rooms. But until then, uh, it is a wall-to-wall hotels downtown is really changing the, the character of the city. So that is like a And so you just wonder if there are more creative ways to address it at the outset. Yeah. I mean, just, just the way that it's become pretty standard for there to be a certain percentage for public art built into any sort of development yeah. contract, you know. Um, so maybe it's not just art that we want. I mean, I think we could think about, you know, I mean, food is certainly a kind of art. I mean, whether it's, you know, culture in some way perhaps could be protected. Um, I mean, there's also concerns about parking being protected. I mean, there's a lot that you well, know, you lose with Well, one thing for protecting so. the character of, of and, and this is a big thing that happens in places like Charleston. We talked about it with Boston as well. And it, it, I think it's not insignificant that the Ann Pizza is a national chain a national that's chain. coming that, in. I mean, when you have a place that has this vibrant local character and then it gets a big tourist industry and then all of a sudden everything becomes the exact same McCormick and Schmick's and Ruth Chris, nothing against those restaurants. They're fine. Right. But you now, um, you know, they have, there's nothing Charleston about a bubble gump shrimp company or, or something like that. Suddenly you're in the, the same uh, we were actually in London. Uh, this is why I was out recently. My family was there. We went to the London Eye, uh, mm-hmm. which um, was great. Uh, got to see the whole city. Uh, the tourist jam was almost too much of a price to pay for it. But the amazing thing is they have the world of Shrek. <laughs> uh, right there by the London Eye. And it was like, what does that have to do with London? It has right. absolutely nothing to do, to do with, with it. It sort of stuck out like a sore thumb amid a city that is by and large, like the Tower of London and, and all and Big Ben and right. everything. And I, I think it's interesting in the Cambridge case that he didn't make that um, complaint more explicit. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's okay to say that we want we don't want chains. And I mean, and some, some towns have done that very successfully. And I think it's, it's a great idea. Yeah. It seems like this almost needs to be a, they, you sort of do this sometimes with, with, um, offset programs. So if you want to build this building here, you have to agree about right. so much low income housing somewhere right. nearby. Maybe if you want to build, uh, you know, if you want to bring in, you know, the, the chain, you also have to 
reserve spot that's only going to be lo- reserved to local. Mm-hmm. You start getting into a lot of complex, you know, issues of property rights and that kind of thing. But it does seem that if you're in the spirit of, well, either everything goes, anything goes, and whoever has the money gets it, or if you're going to have some kind of regulation, it seems like you probably could have some common sense <laughs> rules of thumb to determine what, you know, how much do we want to let random decisions from outsiders shape the character of this neighborhood. Did you know that Houston has no zoning? Yes. That's why that restaurant seems so good. Houston's a fascinating place. Houston also um, has no zoning, but it also is huge. Yeah. It's huge. like there's just so much room and it sprawls so much. And yep. I'm not sure if that if those two are related or if it's just so much land down there that it can just sprawl forever. But, boy, driving around Houston, you can spend – an entire day going from one side to the other. and Yeah, but I mean, it's what makes it such an exciting community because you really can have, I mean, I guess they don't even have X-rated theaters anymore, but if you did have one, you could put it right next to a school, next to a church. I mean, it really, you can put it's anything anywhere. It's wide open. Yeah, it's wide open. You know, I was just there less than a year ago. I mm-hmm. wish I'd known that because I would have looked around a little bit more with yeah. an eye to start to see, you know, do you, you're probably not seeing the, uh, you know, the chemical plant <laughs> located next to the elementary school, next to the restaurant. No, I but know. I think I think ultimately it does keep it makes rents more affordable. Yeah. You, can, you can go anywhere, you know, for you know if you're serving if you're serving drinks or whatever. So it's it's been great for the restaurant scene. Well, on the community subject, I don't know that we have as clear cut answer uh, except to say that come on, one more pizza place would it kill you in Harvard Square? <laughs> I don't think so. That is all for this edition in the window. We record today's episode in the properly zoned podcasting studios at the Post and Courier building in downtown Charleston, there are South no Carolina. Pizza joints located in this None in here. None, none in here. If you enjoy listening to the window, please help other listeners find us too. Just go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcasts and like us or leave a rating. The window is a production of the Post and Courier and Palmetto New Media. Our producer today was the. Um, water bottle toting J. Emery Parker. Our theme music is by the Bluestone Ramblers. And until next time, I'm Robert Moss. And I'm Hannah Raskin. Now get out there and eat. Eat.